right, after Sharks TV, we got a great one today for you folks, as we've got some heavy rock royalty joining us on the show tonight, as this gentleman and his psychedelic rock band, the Freaks, are getting ready to hit the road for a slew of live dates starting at the end of August, and if everyone, of course, knows him from his days as the drummer and legendary SoCal Stoner, heavy rock outfits, Fu Manchu, and Nebula. We've got Mr. Ruben Romano. He joins us on Aftershocks. What's up, Ruben? Thanks for coming on, man. How are you? Thank you for having me. It's going great. Thank you, man. Awesome, man. You recovered nicely from a vacation of yours there? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was yeah. able to get a Dodge for about a week, you know. So, nice. Uh, Very cool. Yeah, it was well-deserved. It was more for uh, a family regroup and stuff, you know. So, um, mm. But sometimes it's uh, more work than work. Sure. That's you before. Oh, yeah. I totally feel you, man. Absolutely. That whole vacation away from vacation type of thing, man. I totally hear you. Right. Cool, Just man. Cool. Catch up on the afterwards, you know, like, oh, the vacation's great, but then when you come home, you got to catch up. You're like, you got oh. a lot of stuff. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Totally, man. Well, cool, man. Well, let's get into the freaks, man. There's a lot to talk about. There's a lot going on in the band's camp right now at the moment. I mean, you guys are gearing up, I know, for a nice uh, Southwest run at the end of the month. Um, you've got a new album that just came out this past spring called Miles of Blues. We'll definitely get into that in a little bit here. And then, of course, a couple of big additions to the band over the last few years as well that we'll talk about as well. So, uh, Ruben, if you don't mind, I guess just you know, start us off by giving us, uh, I guess, a brief update on what's going on with the live dates you have coming up. I know there's some great classic lineups on some of those dates that will definitely make some old-school heavy rock fans of yours from the 90s very happy. So talk a little bit about that start things off. Um, yeah, no, we, we're just really kind of happy that we're able to start doing this again. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. everybody throughout the world, I think is ready to start moving again, you know, after the last couple of years, but, um, yeah, you know, we're playing, um, a bunch of shows coming up. Um, and it's kind of fun because my new band is going to be playing with my old band, mm-hmm. you know, so there's a little bit of a reunion. We actually, uh, are going to, open up for for the mighty Fu Manchu coming up and that kind of starts the whole kind of leave the summer enter the fall kind of run of shows mm-hmm. we got going on you know mm-hmm. so the first one's pretty cool because we're we're playing with Fu Manchu and we're doing a couple other you know things that are going to kind of take us out to New Mexico and slingshot us back around you know so we are actually going to hit the road to get to new mexico taos new mexico i guess the uh that anchor point is uh the monolith on the mesa um, mm-hmm. yeah festival out in taos so you know we got invited to play that we were all happy you know like i think for the last two years even um you know like two years ago or even before the pandemic you know i started talking uh with the guys at monolith and you know i was determined I was like one of these days i'm gonna get get us onto that bill you know, and they were all like, yeah, man, yeah, we'll make it happen. We'll make it happen, you know. So eventually, after all the kind of hoopla, man, you know, um, finally we were able to kind of, you know, solidify a date on, on that festival. So we were kind of going, well, to get out to New Mexico from California, let's kind of like land a couple of more spots on, you know, stops to, to route out there. So that's been the kind of the plan. And we're, we're almost kind of finished with confirming all those shows we're going to be doing with this young band called fever dog i don't know if you guys ever heard of them but they're pretty Mm -hmm. awesome Mm -hmm. they're total young kids and um 
but you would think that they were like would be a, a t-rex main support you know wow they're all, yeah they're all kind of you know in their silver lamb i mean they kind of dressed apart i think that they, they stay in dress like the, the entire time they're like just <laughs> living their lives you know uh, so i can imagine nice. these young kids showing up in like tight like silver sparkle pants with platform shoes, <laughs> walking into a 7-eleven wanting to pump gas to get to the next show it's so we're we're really excited to be able to kind of do um do a small run with them. It's almost kind of like old legends with these new legends mm. that are about to be, you know. Like, um and then we got a couple other things that are kind of happening afterwards. So it's all kind of landed into kind of like for us by ourselves, just a uh a bigger tour than just the little tour announcement thing that we we you know did with Fever Dog. We mm. have extra dates after that and a couple of days before. So we're just excited to be able to, to do this again. You know, it's been way too long. Um, mm-hmm. I think the last time, well, we did a small thing earlier this year, but the last time anything that was like, you know, um, an extended tour or anything, that's that's like 2017, 2018. Oh, wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So everybody's kind of itching to get back onto the road and, you know, get some white line fever again. So Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. So that's that's part of uh, that's what's going on with with the tours. You know, I think we're doing Arizona, Colorado, New Mexico, and a bunch of dates here in Southern California. So mm-hmm. full Southwest tour, man. You know, like with this band, without that band. But as far as for us, you know, we're just kind of trying to tack on more dates and just get more active. Mm-hmm. Fantastic, man. Yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah. Let's let's talk about too. Like I mentioned before, you guys have a new record that came out in the spring, Miles of Blues. Uh, self, uh, you know, it's right here, dude. There it is. Well, we're gonna bring it up also right here, uh, and add to the stream. Um, yeah, it's uh, like I said, this is a self, you know, you guys release this now on your own. I know the listeners can go and buy the album digitally as well as on CD, but what's interesting too is, and I applaud you really for doing this. I wish more bands would. No streaming, I don't see it on there, I don't see it on YouTube. Um, and I guess I won't get much into that discussion because I could talk about that whole that thing all day, you know, about the music business right. and the streaming and all that crap. But uh, it's, a, I mean, it's an absolute great list in this record. And of course, just, you know, your fans and myself included, you know, I look at that record. I'm like, man, I want that thing on vinyl, especially if you listen to it. Cause you know, for this type of music you guys play in the style, it's just tailor-made for that musical format. So I guess just fill us in on what you plan now on doing with the record. I mean, you're going to release it, um, just the way it is right now, are you going to get it on vinyl? Are you going to do something else? Well, just give us the plan, I guess, what you're going to do with Miles of Blues. Right. There, there is a plan, and it, okay. there is kind of um, a bit of a backstory on why we release it the way we did. Uh, okay. It is it is an EP, right? Mm. And on the particular, you know, we put it out on a digipack, but the whole thing that kind of started was um, – we were invited from uh, some friends of mine down in Australia. We're going to do a, a 12-inch split with a German label called Cosmic Artifacts. Yeah, sure. And they asked us if we wanted to be on the other side of their split. Okay. So we were like, sure. You know, I mean, during the whole pandemic and stuff, we kind of felt that we were our own kind of, you know, we, we don't really go out much or party much. I mean, we kind of, our social life right now is getting together at rehearsal and jamming. And we're having a great time doing that. So we kind of felt that we were, you know, in our own little safety pod. Um, so we kind of isolated together and that's when we kind of just started recording and recording, and recording. So we did have the material to say, yeah, we'll do that split with you, you know, okay. 
And uh, so that's going to happen, right? It's going to be a 12-inch final split. Um, But you know how the whole industry is now with the delays on vinyl pressing and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. So everybody was cool with like, hey, the label, they only want to put it on vinyl. They don't want to deal with any of the CD crap or any of the streaming crap. They are just like vinyl you know, hounds and like, that's the way it is. It's just vinyl. Mm-hmm. So we came up with the idea because um, the other band, they released their portion of the split digitally. So we were like, okay. well, we, we could do that as well. You know, um, throw it up onto our band camp site, uh, press up a couple, a couple of digi packs, but mm-hmm. you know, four songs on a digi pack was like, well, that's just not enough. Mm-hmm. So um, to kind of make it more viable for us to kind of throw a little bit of cash in, just kind of stamp these guys up, we did add about five bonus tunes. Because like I said, we had a bunch of stuff already recorded. So we decided, hey, let's do what what Robot God did. That's the name of the band from Australia, uh, Robot God. They Mm. pretty rad, heavy three-piece. So, you know, I kind of cleared the – I cleared it and said, hey, is it okay if we release it digitally? And everyone was like, well, yeah. You know, the, vinyl, the the label just wants to do vinyl, so don't worry about digital with the label. Um, mm-hmm. We don't want to sit here for 10 months waiting for that to show up when we were itching to get out and, you know, start getting active and to play these songs. I mean, I think as of right now, since we recorded and released this, we have like a whole other, you know, material for a whole other record. So we oh, want to wow. keep this ball, yeah, we want to keep this ball kind of rolling, you know. Mm-hmm. That's the come we decided to – you know, kind of make it a little bit more intimate with the fans, if you will. Like, hey, get it directly from us. You know, mm-hmm. that helps us, you know, supports us uh, a little mm-hmm. bit financially with it. But also kind of makes it more kind of like, you know, uh, intimate with the fans. Like, hey, man, if you're getting it directly from us, you're not going to be able to get it from anywhere else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. And, you know, also it's just um, was wasn't financially viable for us to actually look for any of those streaming outlets with this particular thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was kind of like, you know, the intention on keeping it within our wings. And when you want one, we'll pull it out from our wings and hand it to you direct. And it seemed to be going pretty good with that. You know, I think uh, people appreciate that people still love the hunt. I mean, I do. I love hunting out. Oh yeah. Music. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's the funnest part of it. Right. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah, so um, so that's the company you won't really find out on any streaming. Um, not that it's not maybe going to happen in the future after the, the vinyl is released. Uh, I think our plan is we have the bonus tracks on this DigiPack, but we also have these bonus uh, tracks that we might be able to use for a future release when we can, you know, press up some more vinyl. So we kind of have this little bit of a, of a bucket behind us. That we're able to pull these songs out to kind of move into the future. So mm-hmm. this is where we're at now. This is what we, we put out by ourselves, you know, um, get it directly from us and that helps us. And we always like to throw in a bunch of bonus stuff uh, for a thank you, you know? Mm-hmm. So you're not just going to, you know, if you, if they order this from us, it's not just going to be, here's, you know, a CD that's thrown into a bag. We kind of, you know, sometimes get together and like, Hey, let's sign all these ones, you know, or hey, let's throw a bucket of stickers in there. You know, like, Hey, we got some mm-hmm. patches, let's throw some patches in there. So that's the way we're trying to move with this one. They're trying to keep it more kind of, uh, you know, in-house. Sure. Mm-hmm. Totally. That, that makes sense. Yeah, know? yeah. Um, I know what you mean. Yeah, absolutely. 
Well, and I'm glad you get to those other five songs. You, you, I hope you do something with those because those are, and we'll, we'll talk about the songs in a minute, but those are some great songs on there. I would definitely hope those aren't just kind of put to the wayside, and especially when you got the next full length that comes out, you know. So I'm glad you are going to do something with those songs as well. Yeah, it's it's kind of like one of those teasers in a way, you know, mm -hmm. like make a digipack that's viable enough and worth it to, you know, the people that kind of, you know, spend their hard-earned money, you know, to us rock and rollers here, but we're dancing upon your paycheck, you know. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah. you know, we those songs were kind of the first batch that we were really kind of starting to kind of get together with the whole new lineup of the band. I'm sure it's mm. probably something you might want to. Oh yeah, you know, I'm gonna get into out here in a little bit. So this is kind of like the new freaks mock. I don't even know what mock number it is at this point. <laughs> but yeah. this is the most um, solid kind of lineup that that we had, uh, mm -hmm. and I feel that I'm much in a much better position where I've always should have kind of stayed. But you know, challenges are challenges, and you try and meet them, and you have a good time doing it. And um, and here we are with this kind of um, new new set of freaks here. Sure. Well, yeah. Let's talk about uh, let's talk about those new additions um, with the new mock here. I mean, let's let's start off first. Obviously, you you've brought in now a new vocalist. You got Jason Eubner. Um, Tell us why you brought in Jason. Uh, why'd you bring him on board as really the band's, I guess, first like just you know main vocalist. I mean, I know obviously you've held handle the vocal duties uh over the years but he's now actually just a, a vocal you know vocalist only you're now back on the drum kit i mean like you said a lot of interchanging parts uh, especially for you um is that i guess well first off let's talk about you bringing in jason and what the reason was to bring in a vocalist uh the way that kind of you know just the chips were getting laid and and you know the, the deals were getting dealt uh mm -hmm. it was one of those things where me getting behind the kit kind of to start writing, you know, these songs and demoing these songs. Um, it gave me that itch again, like I should be back on drums again, man. You know, like yeah. mm -hmm. um, Bob Lee was playing drums and he got injured. He, he had broken his leg and stuff and things started getting really slow and we love Bob and we do miss him, but um, he had some, some health things that were kind of keeping things um, too slow. So mm -hmm. I kept on just kind of pushing forward and by going back on drums and demoing a bunch of songs, I was like, dude, this is, this is too much, dude. I, I miss <laughs> way too much, man. I'm way mm -hmm. more comfortable here than holding the guitar, trying to sing, you know, mm -hmm. and that's the challenge I was speaking of, you know, mm -hmm. that was the challenge that, it was so much fun to do, you know, and I think that I kind of, you know, did learn so much playing guitar, you know, and I'm, I'm a better guitar player for it. Um, but, you know, I'm no Eddie Glass. <laughs> <you know? laughs> um, so basically, that's when it was kind of like, well, man, you know, Bob's out and I'm going to play drums again, you know, and that's when Ed kind of became available just like i said the 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 way that the dominoes fell it was just perfect you know and mm -hmm. so ed was like yeah i'll come and jam with you guys you know and then as we were kind of you know messing around and jamming in the, in the rehearsal studio you know it was, it was like you know me trying to sing back here and playing drums it's you know 
it is a little bit limiting, you know. Sure. Mm-hmm. I, I love doing it. It's fun, you know. I, I still do sing a lot of backups and stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. But that's just kind of what posed the idea of let's try and find a front guy and uh, to take care of that. And then between me and, and Jonathan, we could back him up vocally a lot more simpler and a lot more effective and make the band a little bit more full. Mm-hmm. So that was the idea on trying to find a singer. Then it was trying to find the singer. Sure. Always a chore. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Trying to find the drummers, trying to find the singers. I think, well, the singers and guitar players, there's, there's, there's always so many, you know, the drummers Mm -hmm. are the ones that are hard to find, you know, the keyboard Mm -hmm. players, the synth players, those are the ones that are hard to find, you know, but anyway, I I've known Jason for a while and I never really put two and two together, you know, that he would probably be a pretty good front guy, but he's one of those guys that, um, I, I don't know if it's bad to say this or if it's a good thing, but you know, he's one of those guys that don't have any shame, you know, Okay. like mm-hmm. <laughs> just get, like, let's goes up there and lets it roll. Huh? Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. He'll, you know, mm-hmm. you might have just met you two minutes ago, but you know, it's, he acts like he's known you for a lifetime, you know, okay. and mm-hmm. it makes for great PR. I, I, I got to admit it, man. You know, like <laughs> before the night's over, everyone in that bar is, you know, is his best friend. He's one of those kind of guys. Those guys. Okay. Yeah, so really, really good guy. I, I love the guy. You know, we all we all love him so much. You know, and you know he has that tinge of craziness. You know, and that tinge of loudness. Um, he, he loves drinking his beer, but when it comes time to perform, the guy is just he's just spot on. You know, mm-hmm. he's a bit of an animal. You know, mm-hmm. so uh, you know I'm sitting there thinking like, oh, man, I got to find a singer, man. I got to find a singer, and we we pitched a lot of people who are you know already well known as singers you know and, and mm-hmm. stuff you know? and then i see this small little real clip on social media of jason just cutting a rug at a wedding you know it's like oh, wow hey man, this guy's got some moves man you know <laughs> and i was like hey he's he's just looking all right man i bet you'd look pretty good up on, on the stage you know so mm-hmm. you know so then the question was like does he sing you know and like i said he's he's not bashful in any way you know he'll go to, to a brewery and if a song comes on he'll start belting it out you know okay so uh, like, <laughs> all right this is the guy you know this is the guy you know i'm not even going to ask the other guys i'm just going to say this is the guy so let's uh let's give him a call and, and let's ask him the question you know so i i call him and i say hey jason i do you sing? And his first re- response was, that's what I do. You know? So <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, all right, do well, you want to come out and sing? And he's like, oh, yeah. So he was elated. He was like, you know, like, you know, I've always wanted to be in a band. I always wanted to sing, but just, you know, I was never asked. I never knew how to get things started, you know. So I was like, oh, you, you must have missed out on a lot of opportunities because he's he's pretty damn good, you know, and mm-hmm, he's yeah. You know, and mm-hmm. he's he's all over the stage, and um, you know, he carries that on before the stage, after the stage, and you know, I go, hey, Jason, here's a bunch of freak stickers. Go pass them out to the people, you know. And all of a sudden, like everyone he passes out to comes to the merch booth and and buys a t-shirt or, or because they, wow. they're hanging out with Jason. You know, he's got that kind mm-hmm. of fun fun power. So uh, it was a seriously, it was just the luck of the draw, dude. You know, really wow. Okay. I, I, like I said, I've known him for a while, um, but me just kind of plucking him up and, and starting to ask him questions, it was like, see, I, I knew there was something about you, Jason. So I'm glad he's I'm glad he's here with us. He's he's a fun guy to, to hang out with. 
Sure, man. Well, I mean, he's a lucky guy, too. I mean, for, for his first band to be singing for, he's playing with guys like yourself and Ed. And Ed, of course, you were referring to before is Ed Mundell, uh, the legendary guitarist from Monster Magnet and the Atomic Bitch Wax fame. Um, so that's my, obviously the big question here is, you, know, you, you mentioned that he was available and he started jamming with you guys, but how did you really get him sort of out of, I mean, we haven't really heard much from Ed, you know, probably about a decade or so since he left Monster Magnet. So how were you able to kind of pry him off and get him on board with the Freaks full-time now? Well, I mean, I got lucky because back in, in the Fu Manchu times, um, we did tour with Monster Magnet. And that mm -hmm. is when I first met Ed. And I think that was like, what, like 1999, you know? Okay. Uh, and then Ed started doing, uh, he, he created Atomic Bitch Wax. Mm -hmm. And... The nebula happened, and uh, we were both on the same label, so we toured together, supporting supporting that, and mm -hmm. that's how we just became friends throughout all this time, you know, and okay. always had good times with them. So um, then he started this thing called Electric uh, Ultra Electric Mega Galactic, you know. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's been pretty busy and stuff, you know, um, but he's he's not the kind of guy that's you know driven to kind of push things you know he just mm -hmm. likes to go with the flow you know mm -hmm. so he's doing all this kind of awesome stuff with uh, ultra electric and stuff and because he's kind of low pro you know just kind of i guess time passing and then, and then the, the pandemic happened and when it came time to when i started playing drums you know that's when i was like well ed what are you doing nowadays man you know like so he was just available and it was more so to kind of just get together with an old friend, you know, and let's mm. go and jam, you know, and we've been kind of just all having a good time and the ball just hasn't stopped rolling since, you know? So uh, it was just due to keeping in touch with friends that you've made a long time ago and remaining friends and then becoming available and going, Hey man, let's reunite and let's do this. So that's kind of how it happened with Ed, you know, I mean, he's still involved uh, with all of his other projects, you know, I think he, you know, wants to write for another ultra electric mega galactic record and stuff, you know, he still has plans. Mm -hmm. So it's not like I have him exclusively in the freaks, sure. you know, mm -hmm. I'm just glad that we have him in the freaks, you know, mm -hmm. uh, one, because he's a pretty awesome guitar player too. He's a great guy. And because we're friends, you know, mm -hmm. so it's kind of cool. I got to admit, you know, this bunch of guys that we're working with, you know, I think, I think we actually are all friends. We actually care about each other. That's <laughs> a good thing, man. Especially the band, as you know, a little bit easier to, uh, you know, to keep rolling down the road with each other, you know, brothers mm -hmm. fight. Sure. You know, I got, that happens all the oh, time, yeah. but, um, you know, it's, we're a little bit older now and, and we just kind of want to have fun, you know, and mm -hmm. by doing that, it just makes it easier because, you know, there's not a lot of other pressures that sure. can start to crack and, and mm. you know, chip at people. Sure. So, uh, yeah. so we're just in a good position, man. You know, we're yeah, old dudes now and we're just rolling and, you know, come what may and we just keep on rolling on, you know? So, sure. so that's kind of how the band is right now. You know, and we're a little bit more, we're kind of, uh, I, I guess less professional and more hobbyists. Okay. Okay. But at the same time, it's like, you know, we have the background to where we can be professional about it and kind of, you know, 
achieve things and stuff, you know, and go on tour and make records and all that kind of stuff. But in the end, it's all because we just love doing it. You know? Sure. Yeah. We don't have, there's just no such thing as contracts anymore now, is there really, mm-hmm. you know? So with that, you know, it kind of alleviated a lot of pressure on on deadlines, all that kind of stuff. But we have to create our own deadlines, or else just nothing happens. You know? sure. So, so that's where I take kind of the uh, the, the pole position on still doing that. You know, I'd, I'm a stone drummer who's trying to act as a band manager and trying to get these things, you know, kind of rolling so that we can do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're lucky, you know, we're lucky that it, it's happening. No, absolutely. I mean, and and like I said, especially with this new record, I mean, we're going to get into talking about a little bit right now, um, which is it's just a great record. I mean, let's 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 talk about it. I mean, I think to me, the two tracks that I think are really resonating with a lot of the fans of those legendary uh, bands that both you and have been in uh, previously would be, I guess, the song She Left Me Burning and especially Played for Keeps. Which I mean, that one I think is really connecting with a lot of the fans. Uh, which of course it has really that driving, you know, seventies hard, you know, heavy blues rock sound, uh, which is also something a little different too than what we've heard from the freaks over the years. Um, as you guys have really kind of uh, gone, you know, initially obviously the first couple of records, you know, that's that psychedelic, spacey uh, type of seventies rock, but there's a little bit more of a a driving rock sound on some of the songs here, as well as the, the more mellow songs have a little bit more of a sort of a serene, I'd say even a peaceful kind of vibe to them. It's a little bit of a different sonic uh, change on the record. Uh, so I guess talk a little bit about, you know, just the, the overall direction. I mean, as a lot of the sound hasn't changed because you've got the new additions with obviously with Ed and Jason. I mean, just talk a little bit about the, the evolution of the band sound on the record. Uh, yeah, I, it's it's ever evolving, man. You know, and mm. I love that part of the whole thing. Uh, you know, you always hear people talk about you know David Bowie. Every single one of his records was different than the one mm-hmm. before. You know, and I I love that kind of you know viewpoint. You know, um, you don't want to make the same record over and over again. You know, so mm. that also poses the challenge. And I love a challenge. I love taking things on. You know. Um, but it all comes down to like just uh, you know the things that influence you and the things that kind of make you move. You know, like I'll throw on. You know, I mean, nowadays we have the the, the music streaming sites, and you know, yeah, I do um, have um, 
an account on one of those, you know, I do listen, my daughter, me, we share, you know, some streaming and stuff, you know, I learned a lot from her, you know, she's kind of eclectic on her musical choice. So sometimes mm -hmm. I'll hear her playlist and go, Hey, what is this? You know? Nice. So, so that, that hunt is always still, still there for me. Like I said earlier, that's the funnest part. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of how I kind of get motivated on, you know, we can maybe, you know, use these elements here and those elements there. Um, but what really kind of got me turned on before I started writing for this record was a lot of the um, late 60s French yeah, yeah movement, you know. Mm -hmm. We have a lot of these these pop Frenchy girls with these beautiful voices doing these pop songs. But if you really kind of wipe off that top cherry, you know, and that top icing of the, the actual singer on, on you know, who's the cute girl today or who's the cool guy today that can sing. You know, if you listen to a lot of the uh, that music and you hear the, the, the backing band on that, you know, the bands mm -hmm. that, that kind of supplied the music for some of those Frenchy pop, you know, in the 60s are some of the mm -hmm. most amazing musicians, you know. It's similar to watching, you know, the Wrecking Crew do all their things, you know, mm -hmm. and stuff so mm -hmm. i was really getting into that kind of you know upbeat kind of driving music but still like well when it comes to the stoner rock there still could be that white knuckling driving music you know and combining mm -hmm. it too um so i think the real inspiration dude I'll, I'll i'll lay it down is i guess i'd rather see the girls dance and guys head bang <laughs> that's a good i, I like that man. You know I mean? that's a lot more I mean, yeah it creates yeah. a better uh, atmosphere i would say live especially yeah you know yeah. and and i've had a couple of people like after they've seen a live show come up to me and go dude that was kind of cool man like i wasn't expecting that but i think my girlfriend would really dig your band <laughs> <laughs> you know? so we're sure. trying to, to reach everybody you know not mm. just you know you know create a mosh pit or have you know the total sweats long by hair getting whipped around sure. you know? mm -hmm. like if we can see you know that we're making somebody's feet tap you know that was the one fun thing about you know both Fu Manchu and Nebula and I'm, I'm hoping to continue with the freaks is whenever we would play some dive bar there was always the bar fly guy in the back sitting in the very back corner of the bar not even there for the music just there for his daily drink you know mm -hmm. but that's the guy who became the number one fan for the night was mm -hmm. that guy sitting alone back there going yeah you know <laughs> yeah so mm -hmm. um as long as it can kind of encompass everybody and, and, and make their toes tap you know that was kind of like the idea for for a lot of um the songs on this record you know yeah. well um, the song jacqueline that has that that feel i was going to bring it out it has like that sort of 60s garage psychedelic pop you know yeah. stuff to it that, that was one that really stood out to me as being something definitely different yeah, that's uh, that's the one yeah. where what I just explained, that's like yeah. would be one of the key songs that can like kind of prove that statement and stuff, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, that song is is actually an homage to that, you know. Uh okay. there is uh there is a, a French pop girl um who had a song called Seven AM, you know, and again it's that kind of that that bluesy hard driven type of of song but done in that kind of french pop way and mm -hmm. then the lyrics that she's talking about you know are she's just some young girl who's getting late for school you know so mm -hmm. that song actually is um is an homage to an actual 60s pop singer oh okay um, yeah uh gosh i can't remember her last name um 
but but Jacqueline and uh, yeah, I could always look it up real quick too, huh? Because that's the beauty of the internet, right? Oh yeah, that's right. Check you know? tips, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, Jacqueline Tieb, I believe is is her, okay. her name. I don't know exactly how to pronounce it, you know. But uh, if you do listen, look that up, and then listen to the song Jacqueline. It's basically an homage, me retelling her story. Oh, very cool. Know? Okay. So, mm-hmm. um and that's that's the thing that even the band is kind of going into a new phase where you know yeah we can sit there and just write another typical stoner rock song for for you know the masses and you mm-hmm. know but hey you know like you know let's try and incorporate something else you know and, and, and attach it to it i mean i think that's the reason why early on we brought a sitar into the nebula camp you mm-hmm. know okay mm-hmm. just kind of like get outside of the box a little bit, you know? Um, mm-hmm. But whatever moves me, man, you know, it, it, a cup of coffee can inspire me. There's no real um, method to how we kind of write, you know. Right now, it's kind of fun because our rehearsal room is fully set up with a 16-track uh, mobile recording unit. Oh, wow. Very so nice. We've been recording all of our rehearsals, you know, and all of our jams and using that to be able to kind of, you know, not only remember what we did, because that's mm-hmm. always the problem, right? You forget. Remember that jam we were working on yet last week? I can't remember. Uh, that's the worst yeah i know mm-hmm. so uh so it's, it's allowing us to kind of you know almost like like uh game tapes you know like okay the mm-hmm. football teams are you know watching their old you know tapes and, and movies and reels and stuff you know and then the coach going now oh, why'd you do that you know so <laughs> um so yeah man we're we're just kind of jamming along and just letting it kind of fall into place, you know, but everyone's always spouting off like, Oh, have you ever heard this? Have you ever heard that? You know, and you know, what would, what would be a great, this would be a great cover, you know? And so we're, we're, we're just a regular, you know, garage band. Then, you know, we have a lockout studio and, you know, we are able to kind of like get a couple of, you know, mics up and running and we're recording all our rehearsals. Yeah. You know, I was even talking with Jonathan, like, yeah, maybe like after we put out another record, we can always put the rehearsal tapes out, you know, and mm-hmm. give that to the people, you know, as a bonus track or whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, man, I don't think that we really kind of abide to any certain method of, of songwriting. And it kind of, 
we try to keep it fresh that way, you know. Sure, yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, we know we know we have certain fans who really enjoy certain types of of you know tones and sounds and beats and and you know um, measures and timing and all that kind of stuff. You know, we always try and, and you know write for people, but in the end, you know, we, we kind of just doing it for ourselves. <laughs> sure. Well, yeah, that's what you. I mean, you have to do that for yourselves first. I mean, right? Yeah. When you're writing anything, you know, if you don't like it, then what's the point of even doing it right so yeah yeah yeah, it makes the most sense yeah yeah well let's talk about another track too i wanted to bring up real quick is this this song starstream that's an 11 minute opus that really seen the channel sort of your inner i guess pink floyd maybe it really has a little bit of a pink floyd kind of vibe to it uh definitely something i suggest to listeners to burn one up before listening to that one put on the headphones and just kind of let that one ride that is such a cool song i mean Talk about that a little bit because that's, I think, the, probably the longest track that you guys have probably ever done. You know, eleven minutes. That's yeah, that's pretty likely for you guys. Yeah, yeah. Um, that also kind of, um, you know, downtime during the whole pandemic and stuff. You know, uh, I acquired a really nice, decent acoustic guitar. You know, and it kind of just was a little porch type of plucking that kind of turned and and steamrolled into to what it became you know mm-hmm. um but that also uh is kind of one of those songs that i think kind of helped reveal that we don't want to stick to just the same schematic mm-hmm. you know we kind of wanted to to you know get a little bit more melodic and stuff you know um I don't know if you want to call it a bit more mature in in songwriting and stuff, you know. Um, but it just was a lot of pot and <laughs> guitar and a nice armless chair on the porch, and then um, and then bringing it in to the rest of the guys, and then kind of just jamming it out and adding electric guitars, all that kind of stuff, you know, mm-hmm. uh, what we re- went and recorded it, that whole kind of end section that's off the cuff. Oh, know? okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, we knew that we were going to kind of go into something, uh, from there, but we weren't sure what, uh, luckily the record button was pushed. And I mean, that might've even been like the first take of that song that we did when we recorded okay. it. Um, and I think that's why it ran so long because we were just in the room having a good time, you know, playing, playing it and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was a bit scary because, you know, once you get into that, like, you know, seven minute mark, you better not fuck up, dude. You know? <laughs> yeah. You better sure. not like slam on this one, man. Keep it going, mm-hmm. you know? So, um, it just kind of kept on rolling w- w- with the jam and when it gets into that kind of crazy part, uh, but that also kind of inspired the lyrics, you know. Um, I guess in a way, I, I do admire uh, the, the guys from Clutch, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been lucky enough to do several tours with them. Nebula did a bunch of tours with them. Fu Manchu, uh, one of the very first times we ever played with Monster Magnet, Clutch was also on the bill. Mm-hmm. So Fu Manchu, cool. Clutch, and Monster mm-hmm. Magnet, we, we played someplace called, I think, the Library in Arizona. Uh, sorry. I guess the place burnt down, you know, but uh, that's when I first met Ed and the monster magnet guys. Okay. And then that's when I first met the clutch guys. Right. But um, I admire Neil, um, Neil Fallon's kind of 
songwriting method, you know, because I could tell that sometimes he'll read a book, you know, or mm -hmm. he'll read a story or he'll he'll read something and it inspires him so much that he wants to sing a song about it, you know. Mm -hmm. Um I yeah, don't know unique progress. I've known I've known that there's been certain things where like, okay, I totally could tell that you were reading like, you know, some uh crazy sci-fi writer on this one you sure. know whatever. yeah well animal farm i know you wrote the song for you know animal farm yeah. based off the book yeah mm -hmm. yeah yeah so yeah. so you know he he uses uh some of some of that intellect for his inspirations and then you know and the same thing jacqueline um was another song that was kind of you know the words were written in that that vein but mm -hmm. uh i'd read a story about some guy who uh was cast adrift uh he was a a Mexican fisherman who, you know, he had him and this guy, uh, his team, this two man boat went out for a day of fishing because they were commercial fishermen, got caught in a storm and he was set adrift in the ocean for 14 months and eventually uh, washed up on the, some islands. And, you know, that's when he was saved really. But they were saying that 14 months on a boat is, almost impossible to survive but this guy survived it yeah. You know? yeah and then you know there were questions about like well where's your your other crewmate you know and uh, he died you know i eventually had to throw him overboard you know and so they were accusing him of cannibalism mm -hmm. i think i remember this hearing this yeah, yeah. you know mm -hmm. and i thought man that's so crazy man imagine being on a boat for 14 months you know with your dead friend right there you know i mean you know so it kind of inspired the uh the lyrics for it you know i, I was reading it at the same time i was hearing what we were recording so it kind of all just kind of fell into play you know so uh it just it's just one of those little mad things that happened you know and mm -hmm. it, it all landed into place it wasn't premeditated on how this particular song came out we jammed it we were recording the jam you know and we were like this is pretty damn pretty rad let's this is it you know and well i got these lyrics right here let's throw them on there you know and there's that kind of end middle section that just you can kind of feel the guy's psychosis you know mm -hmm. and so that's kind of how how that song but yeah yeah it is the longest song that we've ever released and stuff and we still love playing it live you know it's we we kind of go off and jam out and you know i don't know if we take a full 11 minutes when we're live just because we're conscious and like maybe sure. our you know i don't know but mm -hmm. yeah that is our our record length song yeah. as of um yeah i just want to ask you too uh, ruby you know i mean when you when you look back you know you know when you started the freaks i mean here you are you were, you had you know played in two of the most well-known and iconic names in the whole stoner psychedelic rock you know realm uh, you decided, obviously, to start with a brand new band at such a really late stage in your musical career. I mean, it takes really a, a great leap of faith to do so, especially in today's industry. Um, you, and now you've added, obviously, like you said, one of the most well-known respected guitarists uh, with Ed. So, I mean, you, you, you've got a solid front man now in the fold. I mean, do you feel like after all the hard work and years of really getting the band you know, to where it is now, do you, do you feel like you're at a place that that you envisioned the band being when you first decided to start the freaks after, you know, you left Nebula. Um, I mean, just because like, you know, if you look at really where you guys are now, I think that's, that's a hard thing to do in today's music world is to just start from scratch again and try to rebuild, you know, your own thing, which you've now done. So are you really feel like you're, 
you're at the point where you envisioned when you first set out to to do the freaks uh I, i'm i'm lucky that i'm at this point right now with the freaks you know um mm. yeah i i guess i i do have um this drive which maybe i'm embarrassed to say but sometimes you know i out of spite you know mm, a little okay. little spite driven just a little spite driven you know a little mm. latte larry type of thing you know <laughs> where um you know with the Fu Manchu thing, yeah, there was there was just you know personalities that, that kind of didn't mesh, and that's how we separated, and that's fine. That happens, you know, and 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 it happened, and it's okay, you know. Mm -hmm. um, but you know, at that same time, you know, it was just as much my baby as it was, say Scott Hill's baby, you know. So yeah, you know, there was a little bit of like, what do you mean, man? You know, you guys want to want to kick us out. You know, what do you mean? Mm -hmm. You guys want to fire us, you know? I, well, we're not going to stop, you know? So, so what is that? You know, I realized, uh, is that a little bit of spite inside of me? You know, mm -hmm. saying, oh, you can't tell me I can't do this, you know? And the same thing with Nebula, like, same thing. I, I, I did it before. I'm gonna just going to keep on doing my thing, you know? I, just, I don't have to stop just because I left this particular group. You know, so, uh, you know, maybe it's not the best kind of uh, motivation to have, but <laughs> it is a push. Sure. Yeah. Uh, and um, so I pushed forward, um, you know, and it wasn't always just I'm going to show you guys or, you know, I, that's not what I mean. You know, it was more like, hey, you know, like if I did it before, I could do it again. And if I did it again, I could do it again, you know, mm -hmm. and I'm really to willing to put the work into it because you tell you the truth that it's kind of fun, you know, is mm -hmm. dealing and wheeling and all that kind of stuff and trying to figure out things, you know, and trying to, you know, create the solutions to the problems that are in front of you. I mean, it's life, you know? Yeah. So, um, you know, another one was funny is, you know, when, when my daughter was being born and, you know, another friend says, so are you going to quit music now? Cause you're going to be a dad. That's <laughs> like, no, <laughs> I'm going to be a dad and I'm going to play music. music. You know? there you go. Uh -huh. So, uh, you know, I, I kind of was like, is that spite? You know, is it? I don't know. You know, or is it just that extra push that gives you to continue doing what you love doing? Mm -hmm. um, so I, I feel very lucky that, yeah, I had that push, you know, nothing was going to stop me. And, you know, I made some great friends along the way and I was able to still connect with my friends to kind of continue on, you know? And so, yeah, I'm very proud of where we're at right now. You know, uh, sure. it was a lot of hard work, you know, and like I said, uh, going from playing drums to kind of playing guitar and being a front man. I mean, that was another challenge, another kind of driving a stake in my own heart, you know, uh, <laughs> as far as being able to, to push forward, you know, it was just, I created more obstacles for myself than maybe really was necessary but i like that i like that challenge you know and i like sometimes you know you fail but sometimes when you achieve you know it's that give and take of life and i, I feel lucky and i feel very uh honored to be playing with the guys that i'm playing with right now you know and i think even more so i'm just glad to say that like they're like my best friends versus uh, just my bandmates Mm -hmm. so, sure. it, it, yeah so it, it it took a while and i think it needed the you know the, the path in my life the way it just kind of fell into place um you know call it fate i don't know call it destiny i don't know you know but uh 
whatever whatever it is i'm just glad i i kind of never stopped and i just kept on pushing Well, you know, the thing too, I mean, you know, over the, I mean, coming from where you're coming from too, with, with both, you know, Fu Manchu and Nebula, I mean, over the last 10 years or so, we've really seen such a resurgence of the, of that sound, that classic heavy rock, stoner rock style that's really connected with music fans. I mean, all across the globe, it's bigger now, I think, than ever, in my opinion, especially if you're in Europe or Australia, just absolutely huge, the style of music. So, I mean, that's the thing, too. I mean, as a guy, you know, who was there really doing this from the very beginning, was one of the, you know, one of the artists who helped really create this sound and style. I mean, are you surprised to see, you know, just it, it being as big as it is now? Or is it more like, you know, it's about time that this kind of style of rock really got the traction and credit it should have had maybe years ago? I mean, what goes through your mind when you see how big the whole stoner desert psychedelic thing has really become on such a global scale over the last, you know, decade or so? It is pretty impressive, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's crazy, it's, right? It's, yeah. it's a total trip, you know? I mean, mm -hmm. um, when Fu Manchu, when we just changed the name from Virulence to Fu Manchu and we kind of, you know, revamped, you know, from the punk rock into, you know, the more heavy rock and, and we kind of try to mesh those two together because we, we love that. Uh, it was funny because we would play shows and people would be scratching their heads <laughs> what was that <laughs> that's kind of cool but what what the hell was that man you know mm -hmm. um I, I was talking about this just the other day too it's, it's kind of funny that you know back then you know we were the oddballs you know and, and we'd get thrown onto a bill and we'd be so different than, than some of the other bands that we were playing with uh that people were scratching their heads uh, and then to have that kind of do a full circle, and now it's like, ah, you know, it, it's, mm. it's a trip. Now, I, I have to agree, it, it's a trip. Uh, I'm very glad for it, you know. Uh, it's it's awesome seeing, you know, my peers succeed, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know. And, sure. you know, there was a crazy interview once, I think, with the Melvins, where, like, you know, how, how do you really succeed? You know, like, well, you don't break up. You know, <laughs> and they right never right. broke up, you know, and yeah. look at the Melvins right now, right? You know, sure, and yeah. so same thing, you know, Fu Manchu. Yeah, me and Eddie, we left, but they remained Fu Manchu, and you know, they just kept that ball rolling. And look at them now, and they're they're awesome, 
You know? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, sure. Nebula too. You know, and that Nebula like, you know, Eddie had a little bit of a moment where, you know, I thought he was just going to call it quits, but I think he had enough sense to say, I'm, you know, on a hiatus because he, <laughs> you know, he, he said, you know, maybe down the road, somebody's going to kick in again, you know? So he never said the band is over. The band has quit, you know? And I'm, I'm glad that he, he did that, you know, because now they're, they're back and rolling again, you know? Yeah. So more mm-hmm. power to them, you know? So I'm, I'm very proud and, and honored to have been a part of that too. And to see it still continuing. It's fantastic. You know, um, Maybe, yeah, maybe I could write a couple of the, you know, the coattails of, of my old bands, you know, to kind of help push it along, you know, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, we're, we're just doing our own thing here, you know, and I'm just, I'm, I'm happy. It's funny because uh, I've had this experience and talking with Ed, he's had this experience, you know, and, you know, we had some pretty awesome highlight moments in our previous bands, you know, and we had these great bands that opened for us, you know, and the joke was like, watch the bands that open for us are going to become huge. Right. You know, mm-hmm. the bands that, that are opening us for us are going to surpass us and become so huge, you know, and it's happened so many times, you know, like wow. I think we, uh, we did a tour where uh, the hives opened for us. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah. From, from Sweden and look yeah. how huge they got. Huge. Uh, yeah. Yeah. We once, uh, um, uh, this is a funny one, right? We Fumanchu did a tour with uh, the Deftones, and oh, wow. Limp yeah. Biscuit opened one of those shows. <laughs> really? Wow! <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was like one, like one of our early Florida wow. shows. Limp Biscuit was the opener for the show. We were the cheese in the middle, then Deftones. So talk about like being a band oh, out yeah. of place. You know what I mean? That's mm-hmm. what I meant. Like people were scratching their heads, going, "Who are you guys?" You know, like. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's kind of cool seeing that everybody is still kind of thriving out there, and and people are digging it, and it's it did blow up a bit to the point where they are totally successful, and I, I guess I'm just happy that I was a part of it, you know, mm-hmm. you know, so yeah, it's, it's a trip though, you know, that the simple answer to your question, it's a trip. It's a trip, yeah. <laughs> well, no, and it's it's a good point because I'll be honest, you know, I remember first year in Fu Manchu, I, I yeah, I didn't get it. I really didn't get it at first. It was, you know, I, I grew up in New York and there was a radio station in Jersey there called WSOU, and they put on they played Fu Manchu all the time in between all these other heavier and more angrier type of bands. And I think that's what it was. It just had such a different vibe to it. I just didn't know what to really think of it, you know, and maybe it was yeah. when I moved out to California that maybe I, I started really, you know, smoking the good weed and stuff out here. I really started to really, you know, be like, okay, now I really get it. And I love this shit. You know yeah. what I mean? But yeah, it was definitely something. I think what it is too, is a lot of the fan, you know, a lot of the, the you know, p- people like, you know, my age, mid forties, late forties in the nineties growing up, you know, as we, as you get older, you know, it is everyone sort of mellows out, right? You stop listening yeah. to a lot of the faster and angrier stuff. And then well, it, not necessarily, starts, not necessarily you know, stop, right? But but wait, you know you start yeah, hearing, you start broadening your horizon. There you go. That's it. That's a better way to put yeah. it. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So yeah. it's just cool. You know, everybody just kind of stuck to their guns, man. You know, mm-hmm. and yeah. everyone just kept the ball rolling. You know, yeah. me, I had to do it in a couple of different camps, but I kept sure. on rolling. You know, mm-hmm. so I'm I'm okay with that. You know, like that's those are how the that's the you know the deal I was dealt. You know, uh-huh. you know. I'm I'm happy to be jamming with the guys I'm jamming with now, and I'm happy to be you know looking forward to some um, you know some good shows and some road work you know coming up you know and it, you know 
so it's going to keep us kind of rolling down and it, it keeps giving me the inspiration to keep on pushing the band down the road, you know? Sure. So, um, yeah, it's, it's hard nowadays, like anything else, you know, just trying to survive. But, you know, in the end, mm. it, I think I'd be a, a, a terrible person to hang around with if I, I couldn't play music. <laughs> you know? I become a sure. total ogre, man. You know, I, <laughs> I kind of got to get together with, with the guys and kind of got to get loud and I, I want to sweat a little bit. And that's why I'm so, so glad uh, and happy to, uh, one, to have given the opportunity to, to you know, do a different position of the band but to get back on the drums where it's where i'm supposed to be i'm, mm. I'm really happy about that man. sure man oh, absolutely man well yes the freaks if you're in the southwest or the west coast make sure you go see these guys live you I, as you mentioned you know early you really haven't really experienced i take the band until you see them live i saw you guys up here in san francisco uh during the heavy psych sound fest a couple of years ago and and you, you guys just did i mean that was just a phenomenal job just a great you know the vibe and like you were saying just a it was so different than the rest of the bands you know when you guys came on compared to the rest of the bands you guys just have definitely your own thing going and it's it's just a great time uh the lineup additions of course i'm sure the experience is going to be even better now um so to the fans out there listeners go ahead and go see them live and also once again miles of blues a new record from the freaks it's available for purchase digitally as well as on cd so, Ruben, where should we uh, send the listeners and viewers to go so that they can buy the record, check out other releases, keep up with tour dates, and all that good stuff? Uh, you know, we do have a website, www.thefreaks.com. Um, I'm not so savvy on on how to update that, so sometimes it's a little bit slower updating there. But uh, there are buttons and links to all the other social outlets that we have on that website. Um, Bandcamp is, is, you know, the classic thing or you know if you do go to that www.thefreaks.com uh send us a message we receive it so you'll be you'll be dealing directly with us you know um mm -hmm. same thing with on any other social platform whether it's the band or mine personal just hit me up man and i'll hook you up very cool all right well there you have it everybody once again the freaks miles of blues out now and ruben thanks so much for joining me aftershocks and good luck on the road with everything and right, uh man. You know, hopefully we'll see you back up in the barrier pretty soon, too. Right on, Matt. Thank you so much for the invite. It was a pleasure. Yeah.